checking on his stick. We are Chicken on a Stick. Welcome back to another episode. Welcome, welcome. Today we're going to be talking about, and actually this is a pretty convenient time that we decided to watch this. And it, it was really definitely, was. it wasn't a happy accident, it was completely on purpose because mm-hmm. we very much don't think that far ahead in nope. what movies we're going to do. But uh, we're f- recording this the week of the last voyage of the Demeter coming out. Mm-hmm. And it just felt right, since that's a Dracula story, to revisit another Dracula story. And not just any Dracula story, but one that is cited as one of the more accurate mm-hmm. to the original story, which is 1992's Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I would like the record to show that this was my idea. No, it wasn't. This is my movie. Was it? Yes. Oh. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, of course I'm right. Anyway, uh, so we will jump into this movie momentarily. We need your strength for the dark days ahead. Mina? Doctor? Yeah? How did Lucy die? Huh? Was she in great pain? Yeah, she was in great pain. Then we cut off her head and drove a stake to her heart and burned it, and then she found peace. Doctor! Please. <laughs> so, Mr. Harker, I must now ask you, as your doctor, a sensitive question. During your infidelity with those creatures, those demonic women, did you for one instant taste of their blood. No. 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 Good. Then you have not infected your blood with the terrible disease that destroyed poor Lucy. Doctor, you must understand. I doubted everything, even my mind. I was impotent with fear. I know. But, sir, I know where the bastard sleeps. I brought him there, to Carfax Abbey. Vampires do exist. This one we fight, this one we face, has the strength of 20 or more people. And you can testify for that, Mr. Harker. But he can also control the meaner things of life, the bat, the rodent, the wolf. He can appear as mist, as vapor, as fog, and vanish at will. Now all these things Dracula can do, but he is not free. He must rest in the sacred earth of his homeland to gain his evil power. So Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm -hmm. This is the first time I've ever seen this. And I think mine too. I'm pretty sure. If I had seen it a long time ago, I forgot all about it. My knowledge of Dracula is quite 
cursory is that the the word where it's like not directly knowledgeable mm-hmm. but just sort of absorbed information from right many different sources of media video games tv shows all sorts of things but never until i don't know if it's quite this year but within the last like two years have i watched any like original sort of dracula movie i think what was it that i kept getting it confused with the the one with um johnny depp and tom cruise Oh, Interview with the Vampire. I get I get those two confused a lot. And is Johnny Depp in that one? I Isn't that Brad Pitt? Maybe it is. Brad's Brad Pitt and Yeah, Tom yeah, Chris. Brad Pitt, yeah, and Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, that's a different thing altogether, I think. Yeah. Um, so this movie, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, very famous name. Very famous. Uh, you know, only has won Academy Awards and things like that. He also makes wine. Does he make wine? Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't think that I knew that. It's a little but, expensive. Uh, obviously, probably most famously known for doing The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie stars quite a few big names, especially for like the early 90s. Uh, we have Gary Oldman as Count Dracula himself, mm-hmm. Winona Ryder as Mina Harker, Anthony Hopkins as Professor Abraham Van Helsing, and Keanu Reeves as Jonathan Harker. Those are sort of our central staples. Uh, while there are some other characters who do play a pretty big role, such as Richard E. Grant as Dr. Jack Seward, mm-hmm. Carrie Elwes as Lord Arthur Holmwood, which you may not, I did not realize until just now that that was Carrie Elwes. Um, and I then think I did. Billy Campbell as Quincy P. Morris. And Sadie Frost as Lucy Westerna? Westerna? I don't know how you pronounce that last name. No idea. And Tom uh, Tom Waits as R.M. Renfield. Mm -hmm. Good cast. Uh, Very good cast, top to bottom. The only one that... And I have heard this in the past... So I kind of realized that going forward and now watching the movie, I understand, is I don't know what accent Keanu Reeves is trying to do in this movie, yeah. but it is not great. No, it's not great, but it is really fun to see him, like, so young and, I don't know, young and dapper. Nice to see a little fresh young Keanu. Yeah. Um... So a little bit of, before we actually get into the movie itself, just kind of general information about Dracula. Um, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is the original book that this film's based on, mm-hmm. uh, is a novel by who other but Bram Stoker, that's why it's got yeah. his name in it, was published in 1897. Is It is an epistolary novel, which means that the narration for the whole thing is relayed through letters, diary entries, and newspapers, and not from, like, a certain character's point of view. So while you're reading it, you're reading, like, somebody, like, Jonathan Harker's Mm -hmm. journal, or letters he's writing to Mina, or Mina's writing letters to him, or she's noting what journeys they're sort of going on. Or in the case of the part of the Demeter in the book, uh, it is the captain's logs. So, like... 
the date is mm-hmm. whatever something weird's going on on this ship i love that i love that technique i love that idea i feel like i've read a couple books um in the past that were kind of along that same that same line where you're just reading um correspondence mm-hmm. and i think that's so creative i love that uh yeah so I'm not going to dive super far into it, but I did do a little bit of, like, research or kind of watching some videos about Bram Stoker himself, because I'm not very familiar. I've said it many times. Uh, I don't know how to read, so when it comes to books, I'm totally out of my ballpark. Um, you very much so know how to read. <laughs> but what I learned is that Bram Stoker, many sort of historians and people who've kind of studied his life and, and things... Uh, you know, since he's long past, believe that he was a closeted gay man Hmm. who was married and had children, but the marriage was reportedly a, uh, like, there was no love, like Mm -hmm. a loveless marriage, Mm -hmm. is how you would say it. And that a lot of his sort of personal fears and uh, thoughts about how society at the time viewed his like sexuality mm-hmm. is portrayed through the novel he wrote of Dracula mm-hmm. in the sense of there's moments where uh, in this movie and in the book respectively, there's a moment where Jonathan cuts his face shaving mm-hmm. and Dracula is like really drawn into obviously wanting to suck his blood, but right. that like, drawn in almost erotically to wanting to suck on this this other dude's face sort of thing Mm -hmm. that you that i suppose could be used as sort of a euphemism of feeling a certain way towards somebody of the same sex and then there's bits of mina and jonathan's relationship which while she, although while she's more or less brainwashed or seduced by Dracula mm-hmm. is showing that maybe she's not quite happy in that relationship and then not satisfied Lucy is sort of kind of more free spirited i guess is the way that you'd say it mm-hmm. she's she's definitely leading on multiple men at once and stuff and right. then the actual disease i guess mm-hmm. of vampirism in this is something that affects your blood directly, which apparently Bram Stoker had a fear of syphilis, because syphilis was a huge thing back mm-hmm. then, which similarly to what knowledge they had was something that kind of like attacked your blood cells and whatever right. or affected you in some way. So he was living out a lot of his like personal demons and fears and and sexuality and stuff through this book. Mm-hmm. So, with the story, you can read into it in so many deeper ways than just, like, it's a story about a vampire guy. Yeah. Like, it's it's definitely a lot deeper than, you know, if you, like, go and pick up a Twilight book. Definitely. Now, Dracula, the story, um, went on to definitely become a cultural sort of landmark that still to this day we're seeing things inspired by that story Mm -hmm. um for example we like to watch we really enjoy and watch what we do in the shadows obsessed with that show if you haven't seen it you have to which 
the is based on the movie mm-hmm. which in the movie has a character who looks like count orlock mm-hmm. from the 1932 i'm probably wrong on the the year for that but really old original nosferatu which that nosferatu was uh i think the first and a completely unofficial making of bram stoker's dracula which is why the characters names are different which is why it's not called dracula uh because it was an unofficial adaptation of the book so they changed a bunch of names and locations and things but generally the plot is that of dracula interesting um so like i said to today cross media all over the place i mean Mm -hmm. what we do in the shadows is just one indication this year we had the movie Renfield came out, yeah. um, which is, of course, based on Dracula. Nicolas Cage played actual Count Dracula. Nicholas Holt played uh, the titular Renfield in that movie. Um, that movie called back to the 1930s original Dracula with Bela Lugosi in it, um, which that one I had seen, again, probably last year or maybe even earlier this year is when I watched it the first time. I've been trying so hard to think of which what this movie was called my brother mark he really liked a dracula movie that came out i think sometime in between like 2000 2004 but it was more so like the religious backstory of dracula like like i don't i don't remember what it was i remember it was rated r and i remember that do you remember who was in it no I just remember he, my parents didn't want him to see it. Oh, you were young. Yeah. Oh, then. And he saw it. I I wish I could remember what it was, but there was some movie that he was obsessed with. Um, But yeah, what what we do in the shadows, I knew um, the other one that once Could it have just been Dracula 2000? You know, it actually could be. That was was a movie. (laughs) Totally could be. That would make sense. I complicate things for zero reason. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I was just trying to look up 2000s Dracula movie. Yeah. And that's the very first thing that came up, so who knows. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I, I've always liked and enjoyed vampire movies, with the exception of Twilight. I tried real hard to like it. Yeah. Not, um, not for me. So... Most of the common sort of mythos of vampires does come from from this, such as like staking them in the heart, uh, being, I said, I was going to say allergic, but like garlic really being off-putting to them, Um, to some degree sunlight bothering them, although that's evolved into like sunlight will kill you, whereas this very clearly says like the sunlight just weakens them. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily kill them. It just weakens their power. And you have to be welcomed into a doorway. That one's a little confusing. Uh, specifically all... in this movie. Because there is a moment in this movie where Jonathan Harker, when he first gets to count the Count's castle, is standing in the doorway. Mm-hmm. And then Dracula welcomes him in. Mm-hmm. And it's made like a thing of him stepping through uh, the entranceway. But we don't ever see it the other way around, I don't think. Well, if you watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer growing <laughs> up like I did, you know that you have to invite an, a vampire inside. And that's why you're not supposed to have welcome mats that say welcome on them. Ours says hello. 
You're not getting yeah. in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, one final thing before we kind of really jump into it is, contrary to popular belief, to some degree, Dracula, the character, is not directly representative of Vlad the Impaler. Right. It is speculated by sort of like professors or scholars or whatever that look into this sort of stuff that Dracula was likely inspired by Vlad the Impaler, or even Countess Elizabeth Bathory. I'll probably mispronounce that. Um, but there's no concrete evidence. Bram Stoker never directly said that that's where his inspiration came from or anything like that, but it is, it's largely been implied through a lot of stuff that that is actually the case. Hmm. Um, Vlad the Impaler... <clears throat> Uh, would be known as Vlad Dracul, um, or like Son of the Dragon, I think is what that comes out to mean, or maybe just Dragon itself. Um, he was a ruler, uh, or a prince of Wallachia, uh, which is now Romania. That's why, if you go to Romania, there's like Dracula's castle, which is Dracul's castle, probably Vlad's, not necessarily Dracula, Dracula, but I don't know. On that note, I would also like to state before we get started that I was personally invited to go to Dracula's castle by someone that lived in Romania. Yeah. Um, Stoker's notes mentioned <laughs> that he found the name Dracula in Whitby's public library. Whitby is a town in England where uh, some of this story actually takes place. So he was just literally looking up in a library, found that and picked it because it meant devil in Romanian. Um, you ready for some Romanian? <laughs> yeah. Chifach. What is that? What's up? What's up? You say, bine. Bine. Nothing. Or wait. Or is that how are you and I'm good? Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a Very pro. useful. Thanks for telling us. You're welcome. <laughs> okay yeah. are you ready to get into it i'm ready so bram stoker's dracula we're just gonna get into this I, I don't think i don't know enough again about the original story uh or the movie to really point out all of the sort of differences like this is stuff that francis ford coppola added mm -hmm. this stuff is in the book that stuff's not in the book that's slightly changed or whatever i won't be able to tell you all that stuff what I can tell you is this whole opening is completely original to this story. Mm -hmm. um, so we open, and it's the year 1462. Uh, we get a little narration from uh, Anthony Hopkins telling us that Constantinople has fallen, and all the Christians, uh, all of Christendom is under attack, and there's a warrior named Dracula who has risen to like fight back basically um we see dracula gary oldman uh, looking really young he's wearing this like red suit of armor very young and he kisses his bride his bride is winona Ryder, mm -hmm. and then he goes off to battle um it's narrated that like he kisses her thinking that he's never going to return from this fight but he's got to do his duty and go out and fight he does also look a good deal older than her 
Yeah. Like younger for him, but in comparison, older. Uh, we see him go out on the battlefield, and he kills tons of people. He slaughters everyone. Um, he's just out there impaling people. We definitely see, like, basically he's being impaling people. It never directly calls him Vlad the Impaler or mm-hmm. Vlad anything in this, I don't believe. It's always just Dracula, but it's very heavily saying, like, this was Vlad the Impaler, especially right. with this sort of stuff. Um, he's fighting the the Turks at this point, and the, while he's out fighting, the Turks tell his kingdom that he has died on the battlefield, mm-hmm. even though that's not the case. This word gets back to his wife, and she gets so sad about him being dead that she pulls La Romeo and Juliet and goes up on top of a tower, writes a note, saying, like, I can't live without him, and then jumps off of the highest tower, ending her own life. Yeah. Just completely throws herself right off of it. And he comes back alive to find his wife just splatted on the pavement. Mm -hmm. Or cobblestone or whatever they used back then. Um, He's so upset about all of this that he renounces God... In anger, he's just yelling about God sucks, basically, to a couple, like, monks or priests or whatever they're supposed to be. One of which, or the lead of which, is Anthony Hopkins, which, if you're not really paying attention, it's very easy to miss. But this is kind of layering that throughout history, there's going to be these reincarnations mm-hmm. of Winona Ryder coming back, who was his wife at this time, and then Anthony Hopkins coming back as Van Helsing, who is... Not really necessarily set up in this moment to be, like, his his foil or, or, or I don't know, the guy who goes against him or whatever. Um, but that's sort of where they, they end up. So he's a priest here, watches all of this happen, uh, gets killed, and then in the future is going to, like, have the reverse effect. Who did the, who, who did the Van Helsing movies? What do you mean Van Helsing movies? Like, wasn't there, wasn't there... Hugh Jackman? There was a Van Helsing movie with Hugh Jackman, yes. Nailed it. Just wanted to make sure my memory was working. <laughs> okay. Um, so, once he uh, renounces God, he says that he's going to rise when he dies, mm-hmm. which is a wild thing for anybody to just claim. I think that'd be hilarious to say at any point if you die. Like, back then, right now. Scare a bunch of people on your way out. God sucks! <laughs> and when I die, I'm coming back! I'm coming right back for you. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, <laughs> in his anger, he they're in like a... I guess it's a church or something. It's got a lot of like crosses and stuff. But it's got one big cross on this little uh, like table. He takes his sword and he stabs this stone cross. I don't know how well that would actually work in real life or whatever, but when, Probably he, not well. when he stabs it, he, like, chips the cross, and the cross starts to bleed. Mm-hmm. Which is even stranger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. But what he decides is, uh, fuck it, I'm just gonna drink this blood. So he drinks the blood, and then we fast forward to London, 1897. Yeah, that part really icked me out. Yeah. I don't even like, even the idea of drinking red wine. Just, red wine? Because mm-hmm. it's like, 
thick and red, and it was like blood. I mean, I I guess. So when I saw that scene, that was. <laughs> well, you'd be a terrible vampire then. I would. Yeah. Terrible. Um, so now we're in the future. Uh, we're like four hundred and thirty years plus into the future. Mm-hmm. And we see a man in an insane asylum, saying he did everything he was told, and then he starts eating some bugs. Mm -hmm. And this is Renfield. Yep. Now, Renfield is basically, um, they don't ever say it, and I don't know if in Bram Stoker's novel this is where the word comes from, or if it developed later on, or if it came from something entirely different and then got adapted into Dracula sort of lures. But Renfield is basically Dracula's familiar. Right. In that he has promised Renfield immortality to turn him into a vampire. One day. As long as he serves Dracula and does what he tells him to do. So basically forcing him to be his personal assistant. Mm-hmm. So helping him like get people, helping him get rid of people. Yeah. All Keeping the mirage of, of their lifestyle, all of that. Yeah. So, Renfield, uh, we get a little backstory in the future, but what happened is he went to uh, Transylvania, or wherever it was that Dracula's at. I think they do just call it Transylvania, maybe. Um, but he goes there to meet with the Count uh, to help the Count get some property in London. And while he's there, shit goes crazy. We don't see it in this movie. And then he comes back to London and is just looked at as a crazy person Mm -hmm. and thrown, locked up in an insane asylum. Uh, He eats bugs. Uh, We find out through Dr. Stewart, or Seward, I should say, Seward, not Stewart, that, who's kind of keeping an eye on him, trying to figure out, like, what has caused his mania. He was perfectly sane before he left, and then he came back, and he's crazy, and now he eats insects and stuff. And he learns that the reason he eats them is when he eats them, he gets their life force. Right. And Sword's like, okay, well, what if you eat, like, a rat? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, what about a cat? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, so you, if you eat anything, you absorb its life force. Mm -hmm. Cool. You're nuts. Right. (laughs) Um... Renfield does try to, like, attack him a little bit at one point, but he, he, you know, kind of fights him off easy enough. This hospital they're in is wild. And I don't know... I'm... I don't know if this is, like, a gothic horror thing or if this is an actual, like, Victorian England thing that was happening. But some of the people who are seeing to the patients are wearing cages on their heads. Oh, yeah. What was with that? The only other thing... I I can't think of off the top of my head if I've ever seen another movie or book or, or TV show or something where this has happened. But there is one other thing where I know that that was something that happened. Saw? No. Oh. <laughs> saw? Did someone in Saw have a cage on? Yeah, but those are traps to kill people. Oh, right. <laughs> no. In a video game called Bloodborne, which you would know nothing about, its setting and aesthetic is sort of Victorian-era London kind of stuff. It's not specifically set in London, but it's like that time frame, that's what it looks like. In there, there is a character 
who you have to chase, who wears a cage around his head. Oh. And he's supposed to be, like, a scholar, and there are other things that do it, but everybody, like, slowly loses their sanity and stuff. That's part of the whole point of the game, is uh, is having, like, sanity or insight and whatnot. So the cage thing must have been, like, an actual thing to right. some degree. I don't know if they thought maybe just putting metal boxes on her head is going to keep the crazy out, but I don't know how anybody would ever think that that would happen or it was just pr- to protect their head from somebody trying say, to like bash them over the head with something or what if they what if they like were so manic that they were like clawing at their face or something or like trying to gouge their own eyes out no but they weren't the patients they're the people caring for the patients who are wearing them uh, yep yeah. i don't know i guess that, it's I, wild that is wild i wouldn't like that at all I feel like it, some people would like, I, I want to do that job, and then they'd get there and they'd put the cage on and they'd go, turns out I'm claustrophobic. Yeah, no, you're not paying me enough shillings for this. <laughs> um, so we soon meet Keanu Reeves, who plays Jonathan Harker. Uh, and Jonathan Harker is sent off to Transylvania to go see Count Dracula about all of the land that he's trying to buy up in London. We learn that Renfield was his... Uh, not necessarily teacher or anything, but he was the guy who went before him. But since they never finalized the deal, they need to send somebody else. So they're sending Jonathan Harker. Was this... This is after she wanted to get married, right? Or before? Before. Gotcha. So we now meet his fiancée, Mina. Okay. And Mina looks exactly like Dracula's dead wife. Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder, or if you're a Johnny Depp fan, why no forever? Oh, that's right. He does call her that. No, he had a tattoo of Winona forever, and then changed it, and it said Wino. Oh, I thought he still. Oh. I mean, they might get along, but yeah. this was like when they were dating. He got one that said Winona forever, Win- and then when they stopped, he altered it to say like Wino. I feel like I saw something somewhere before that he referred to or said. Anyway. I don't know. Maybe. It'd be kind of weird to keep that if you know after the fact would be uh so jonathan and me are talking jonathan's like all right i gotta go do this business deal once i get back after like a week or something uh which seems unrealistic i don't know how long it takes in a in a a whatever kind of sailboat ship thing uh whatever those are called it's not a sailboat i know it's not a sailboat (laughs) i don't know what it's called A a galleon is that one that's that's one of those really big big ones a pirate ship? Yeah. <laughs> what are they called? I don't know. Uh, I don't know how long that takes to cross the Pacific, or Atlantic, not Pacific, the Atlantic, but considering, like, the Mayflower and stuff had a lot of people dying on it, it's not a short trip. I don't think it's a short trip. This isn't, a, this isn't like, a, a short little hop across the pond. That also must have been thinking about it now back then your life was quite literally like all right i gotta go travel across this ocean i could die so see ya see ya or don't see ya which i mean i guess you could still think that way nowadays but actually that was very true you know flights might take you like 16 hours or something and is reasonably much more safe than being like all right let's get on a 
a old timey boat and just use the wind to get across the ocean for like three weeks and hope none of us get scurvy and die. <laughs> scurvy. Or hear sirens and decide to jump off the side of the ship. Yeah, or see see manatees <laughs> out in the ocean and go, Wow, look at that mermaid. She's thick. <laughs> She's thick. Three C's. I'm jumping in there. Uh <laughs> so Jonathan shows up in Transylvania. And we see that he's got a letter wrote to him by Count Dracula, welcoming him to his home country. Uh, and while he's reading it, we do get this cool shot. We get we get a number of these shots, which is hard to tell if, like, is Dracula actually looking at him? Mm-hmm. Or is this just, like, supposed to be representative of, like, you're reading, so we're seeing... I don't know. It's left for interpretation, but I'm just going to say... Uh, Dracula can turn himself into sky eyeballs. Because while he's reading this in the carriage, outside the window of the carriage, we see in the sky, which is kind of red, like it's sunsetting and kind of red, we see Dracula's eyes in the clouds. But basically he's just like, Hey, John, you sound like a cool dude. Let's hang out, bro. Welcome. Let's let's have a, a sleepover. Yeah. Let's have some fun together. Also, by the way, you can actually... It's a hotel now. You can book a stay and stay there and have, like, a weekend experience there. At Dracula's house? Mm-hmm. Oh. Do the creatures of the night make sweet music? I don't know. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> so the carriage uh, at one point stops and lets Jonathan off. And Jonathan's like, yo, uh, I think we're here too early. There's nobody else here. Mm-hmm. None of the townspeople or people he's riding with talk to him they just hand him a crucifix and peace out which is Deuces. which is different from the 1930s version well the 1930s version is already different but this this is one thing that like really stuck out to me as very different is that in that one we actually see renfield go to transylvania not jonathan but when he's there he's like he stops off in a small village mm-hmm. and the people at the village are like, don't go see Dracula. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. It's dumb. Don't, yeah. don't do it. You don't want to do that. And he's like, okay, <laughs> uh, not here. Here. They're just, they just hand him a cross and go, all right, see ya. Good luck. Good luck. See y'all next year. Uh, shortly a new carriage arrives and this, I don't feel like this is very clear. Or at least not as clear as, like, the 1930s Dracula was. But the guy driving the carriage is Dracula. But he's in, like, a disguise. And in this one, you can't really tell. It seems like it's some sort of creature or beast because it's just, like, doing, like, a heavy breathing sort of thing. Almost like a wolf or something. Mm -hmm. It also does a weird thing where instead of Jonathan just getting onto the carriage himself, the thing reaches out, like, mm-hmm. extends its arm seemingly further than it should be able to, and, like, picks him up and carries him into the carriage. Which Jonathan does not at all seem bothered by. He's just like, hmm, Transylvania, weird, 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 weird place. Weird stuff happens Weird here. place. I don't know. People seem to have incredibly great hand strength. Also, it doesn't seem like... We don't see Dracula pick up his luggage, mm-hmm. so did they just leave his belongings and was like, ah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Bye. Um, while they're in the carriage, 
we do see some wolves running alongside the carriage. Mm-hmm. Jonathan tries to talk to the guy driving, but he gets no response. Uh, he looks over a cliff at one point like, whoa, we're really close to this cliff. But they arrive at the castle. They also go through, like, a, a blue... It's not really clear what it, what exactly this is supposed to be, but they're blue flame-looking circle things, mm-hmm. which they go through. Um, may, it's like a protection spell or something. It's not really clear what the fuck this is supposed to be. Yeah, they don't really explain it. Um, but when they get there, uh, Jonathan is greeted by an old man who's got the ugliest-looking hairstyle ever. Yes. Uh, they look like a baboon's butt or something on top of his head. Absolutely terrible. Uh, this is Dracula. Yeah. Old man Dracula, 400 and something years later. Um, for being eternal, he still ages, Mm -hmm. it seems. Just very, very, very slowly. Right. Uh, Jonathan also at this point, out, again, outside of Keanu Reeves, like, strange, not great accent that he's trying to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't... Did Bill and Ted come out before this? I'm assuming that it did. I think so. But he he looks very, very young. Yes, so of course Bill and Ted came out before this. Bill and Ted was 1989. This is three years later. And Keanu almost feels like he's doing the exact same maybe not as dumb of a character but it still feels kind of like teddish i think the reason that it feels teddish is because he's kind of got this mix of like innocent naive mm. um and just kind of like that actually might be what it is yeah like innocent naive like very i'm i assume the best in people kind of way about him which ted definitely has which you also assume the best people, and that's going to get you turned into a vampire one day. That is actually very true. <laughs> uh, so yeah, J- Jonathan just, in this point, seems like an idiot. Because yeah. he's not questioning any of the weird stuff that's going on. He also, he kind of has golden retriever energy. So he's just kind <laughs> of like, he's just like, a, he's here for a good time, and he's here to make friends. He's here for a good time, not a long time. Not a long time. He's here to make friends, and he's here to be like, an upbeat guy. Uh, so, red flag number one for me. <laughs> out, you know, if I got past the carriage and everything without any questions, is when I finally show up, Dracula brings me to this big, like, table to feast, and there's only a single plate with, like, a full chicken just waiting there, and red wine and stuff, and Dracula just goes, I do not partake. I do not drink the wine. I'd be like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Did you did you eat before I showed up? You knew I was coming, but you ate still anyway? Like, do you want to share maybe, like, a different drink? Like a white? Maybe some sparkling water? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dracula also at one point, ju- red flag number two, whips a sword out of nowhere and just randomly swings it at him and, like, yells at him. And Jonathan's just like, okay. All right. That's eccentric. It's the quirky little behavior you have there. Um, he does point out that there is a painting on the wall, which we know is of Dracula when he was human, probably, 
or at least a lot younger, and uh, Dracula's like, oh, yes, the family Dracule goes way back in time. I mm-hmm. am the last one or whatever. And it's like, okay, cool. Yada, yada, yada. Um, I do like here, though, we do see that Dracula's, and I don't know, again, if this is, like, I can't think of any other vampire property where I've seen this before, Uh, and I'm not, like, ingrained in vampire culture Mm -hmm. or whatever, but his shadow does its own fucking thing. Mm -hmm. It just, like, he walks one way and the shadow kind of goes a different way. The shadow multiple times is shown, like, trying to strangle Jonathan or something. It's very Peter Pan. It's very, like, he's doing one thing and the shadow is doing another. Yeah, so it's like Peter Pan's shadow, Mm -hmm. but it's also, is it actually the shadow itself, or is this, like, Dracula's intentions? Like, his internalized intentions manifesting. Maybe, like, his subconscious. Yeah, it's, like, manifesting as his shadow. Like, he would want to strangle him because he knows Mina is his fiancée, so he wants to kill the guy so he can have Mina to himself. I'd like to think that the, I'd like to think that the, Shadow was different. That it, it had its own... That it's its own thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, almost like uh, in what we do in the shadow, Nadja's doll. Nadja's <laughs> It is doll. Nadja, but it's its, yeah. it's its own thing. She's got a little part of her soul trapped in a tiny little porcelain doll. And yeah. she's her own person, but she's also her at the same time. Yeah. Um, also at one point, and even weirdly... Uh, we see Dracula has a photo of Mina, mm-hmm. and then Jonathan's like, oh, you found my photo of Mina. It's like, did we know you lost a photo of Mina? <laughs> like, where did that come from? Where do you think that that would have come from? Uh, this is where he tells him that um, I did have a wife once. She died. I think Does he cry here? Does he have a teardrop? He cries a few times throughout the he, movie. Yeah, it might be. They very much are making him a bit more empathetic. Mm-hmm. In this, yes. so that you feel for Dracula and sort of his understand him more. Yeah, like his isolation and his rage and anger towards losing the love of his life, and then maybe making it understandable that he wants Mina because she seemingly is a reincarnation right. of, uh, I think Elizabeth was his wife's name. Um, but it's, it's definitely one of those like method to the madness yeah. sort of situations. Now. This is worth probably noting, is that in the original story, there is not a reincarnation, like, subplot. Mina is not necessarily a reincarnation of his wife. She just happens to be an attractive woman that he's like, damn, I want that. Uh, Maybe similar, just, like, also a brunette. Similar, Helsing is not, like, a r- weird reincarnation of, like, this priest guy. Mm-hmm. That's unique to this story. I do like it. Um, I think maybe you could have done a little bit more with the priest to actually make it feel like maybe there is, like, a family vendetta sort of thing. Um, because that's not really set up, so him just later on being a doctor and Van Helsing, instead of, like, a, uh, you know, the Pope or something, doesn't really correspond a lot, but having a reincarnation of his wife and having that be, like, his motivating factor for wanting to go to London and wanting to get her and get Jonathan out of the way and all that... Makes a lot of sense and, and gives it more a little bit more agency than just, like, a random, mm-hmm. like, just because. I understand that the just because part is what might make Dracula and vampires, especially back in the 
back in the day when it came out and the lore and stuff being a bit more scary to just be like, yeah, they they prey on young females mm-hmm. uh, versus like, no, the dude just missed his wife. Yeah, <laughs> he had a reason for it. He had a reason for it. Give him a break. Um, from here, we cut back. Uh, Dracula basically talks Jonathan into staying longer, going, hey, look, I'm looking at, like, these ten potential properties. Um, I would like you to stay a little bit longer to help mm-hmm. me finalize this stuff. But also, because I'm going to London, you could in- fill me in on, like, London culture yeah. and things I need to know instead what's, of me just going and, and feeling like being out of place yeah what's new what's hit what's yeah he's, what's he's, the like, deal? he's like look i'm i'm an old i'm like 400 years old i don't go out much what's happening yeah. what's popping what's popping what's life like i hear there's this things called like nickelodeons what are those <laughs> what are the kids doing what are these, these mo- moving pictures those moving pictures Back in my day, you had to sit on a chair for eight hours while a man painted you. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Why he was Italian, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we then cut back to Mina, and we get to meet her her best friend, Lucy. Uh, she's Mina's rich friend. It's very much pointed out that Lucy is rich. And they're they're talking about things... Uh, Well, no, this is the best part. Mina is, like, writing sort of a journal about Mm -hmm. missing Jonathan and stuff. And when Lucy comes in, she's also reading the book Arabian Nights. Right. Which is what Aladdin is based on. Right. I don't know anything about the Arabian Nights story. um, But in this, and I'm curious if this is true, there are just... It's basically like pornographic that there are full color spreads of sexy times happening. It's almost like it's a Kama Sutra or something. But like, is that in Arabian Nights? Like, did Disney look at the Arabian Nights story and go, this is cool, but let's remove all the sex stuff. Let's get rid of the Kama Sutra and then just focus on everything else. Um, and it's a fun little scene where Lucy, when she comes in, she's like, what are you doing? Oh, you still reading this dumb book? And she tries to cover it up like she's embarrassed. Yeah. And they knock it over and Lucy opens it to a page of, like, people 69ing or yeah. something. It's like, oh, you dirty lady. Yeah. Because she's, she's very much so the innocent type but in you know and into literature and, and all that and her friend is so sassy and she's that friend that's just like loud and open and will embarrass you on purpose so when she when she tries to embarrass her with the book she does kind of get a little bit red in the face it it is a fun scene it's so funny and again it's one it's one of those things like if you were to if you would have shown me that scene and not have shown that it was Arabian Nights, like no I would have been like, was she she was studying the Kama Sutra? Is she like that hyped about her wedding night that she's like, all right, here's what we got to try. Here's the checklist. I'm studying. Butterfly, <laughs> upside down, reverse cowgirl, whatever. Like, is she just going through the motions? No, she was just reading like a classic a story classic that story. just apparently multiple times in this people are getting it on and whoever created it decided 
you have to see what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> we have can't some do, pictures. We're not going to describe it. We're just going to show you, which is how I like my books to have pictures. Oh. <laughs> Don't say okay. <laughs> Read a lot of manga. That's what they are. Yeah, they have you pictures. Do, you do. But yeah, I, I I love that idea of it. Just someone maybe thinking that Aladdin she's like would have been studying, way different. <laughs> studying what this is what to expect. Yeah. Aladdin would have been way different if yes, uh, it would have. if Disney wasn't a kid-friendly studio, I guess. That is true. Um, we then cut to a party. Lucy's having a party. Uh, or they're just at a party, and they're both there. I don't really remember what it is. But it kind of seems like Lucy's sort of running the show. Because Lucy is like, ah, gosh, I'm so jealous of you and Jonathan because you're getting married. I wish I could find a man. And Na- uh, Nina's like, you could have any man. Yeah. You're attractive and, and you're Spunky rich. So and rich. And we very quickly learned that, yeah, you could literally do that because at the party, we get introduced to, well, we get reintroduced to one character and introduced to two others. The first one I believe we see is uh, Doctor Seward, mm-hmm. who is the one who is studying Renfield. He comes to the party and he knows Lucy. And Lucy instantly is like, oh, doctor, ooh, kiss me. Oh, mm-hmm. hey. Very touchy-feely, very familiar. And he's like, oh, wow, Lucy. And then two seconds later, Arthur walks in and she's like, ooh, Arthur, kiss me. Wow. Yeah, she... Her, you gotta... I like you. Ooh. Her attention gets taken away very quickly to a different um, guy. And I might be getting wrong what order they come in because the most important character in the entire movie enters at this point. Right. Big Tex himself, Quincy, the American from Texas, cowboy, great ass mustache, comes in and Lucy's like, "Hey Yee- big, hey Big Tex. Yeehaw. How howdy partner." And he's like, "Howdy ma'am." He doesn't sound very cowboy-y, but no. I guess he doesn't also have many, too many speaking lines. But he's got—he's probably my favorite character in this, even though he's very like a very minimum character. His his character is Texas. It's <laughs> he's, just Texas. He's Texas, but he's like a subtle Texas because he's not—he's not wearing a cowboy hat the first time we see him. He's not like yeehawing or anything. No, but you can. It's very thrown away line of like he's Texas. But it's also clear that Bram Stoker at the time probably has maybe heard of Texas and heard of, like, cowboys in America. So he just went, he's from he's from Texas. I don't know. <laughs> I just remember thinking... Texas dur- is... Did the Alamo happen before 1897? I remember thinking in that scene that just a neon sign above her head, if you know this, like, lyric from the song or this reference, just said... Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Okay, so, yes. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Wait, when was Bram Stoker born? This is gonna... <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna revolutionize the way people think about this, mo- this <laughs> movie and book right now. It was so hilarious that there was a Texas character. Okay, so Bram Stoker was born in 1847. Okay. The Battle of the Alamo... Happened in 1836. Ah. So he was born 11 years after. So there's a good chance that Bram Stoker growing up has heard about this mythical battle. 
in in America, in America, in in Texas, Texas land, where these these handful of Texans fought off the evil invading army of Mexico, and they were cowboys, and they're here. He quite literally grew up like maybe hearing news articles or reading news stuff of crazy shit happening in. That is in America. Actually, I don't even know where he's technically from. Where was he from? Was I he from England? I think that's really funny. He was from Ireland, so he... Yeah. Again, there's there, there's a high possibility that... I don't know how, how news traveled or what all they talked about back then, but there's a good chance that during, like, the gold rush and, and expanding westward in the United States and things, that maybe some of that was newsworthy for over there, and he had read this stuff about cowboys and maybe seen a picture in the newspaper or some shit, and was like... I want to write a story that has a cowboy in it. Yeah. And then, and then He's Quincy, Quincy was created. I just revolutionized the whole story. Nobody knew that. You learn something <laughs> new every day. Probably not even close. But my headcanon is now that as a little boy, he learned about the Battle of the Alamo. And one day he went, when I'm a writer, I'm going to put a cowboy in my story. Yeah. I don't know how with them I, vamp with them bat guys. I don't know how Ir- Irish people sound, but yeah, it wasn't that. It's not that. <laughs> um, anyway, so Lucy uh, is loose, because hey. <laughs> she she gets around. She gets around. She she's seemingly a, she's is a, she's promiscuous. A, she's a good time, Sally. She's a good time, Sally. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> we then cut back. Or we see that Dracula somehow seems to hypnotize Mina at this party. He's sending vibes from across the pond to Mina at this party. Because, again, it makes a little bit more sense with the resurrection kind of storyline they're going for. Or reincarnation, I should say. Mm -hmm. That him and his wife might have had this connection on a right. more spiritual level, I guess, that maybe he can send vibes. Or just Dracula, if he set his mind to it, could literally talk to anybody across the world. I, don't, I can't decide if I think it's that or that they were just emotionally and mentally on the same wavelength. But I, feel I, like, I feel like what it's going for is that him and his wife were on a, yeah. you know, they had that connection. Yeah. In theory, you're supposed to have that connection with your partner. Right. In theory. I'm trying to send you mind signals right now. You want to get sushi. Yeah, that that was it. <laughs> yeah. um, he doesn't like sushi. <laughs> we then get to see Renfield again. Mm-hmm. Um, Renfield in this movie... Uh, look, my only direct comparison is two things. The 1930s, Bela Lugosi, Dracula, that Renfield, and Nicholas Holt's Renfield from Renfield. All I've got is Nicholas Holt. I like the 1930s Renfield most of all. One, because his character in that movie, there's a moment where Renfield seems to get his sanity back uh, and sort of kind of helps the the main cast before kind of going batshit again. Um, Also, the actor who played him in that has a great just like insanity smile look on his face there's some great shots from that where he just looks absolutely bonkers this one i don't mind so much but he is just straight up basically crazy the whole time 
Uh, and Seward's trying to study him a little bit more, and this is where Renfield lets out that his, his master promises to make him immortal, and Seward's like, your master? Who's your master? What master? And then Renfield tries to attack him, and the, the cage boys come in to put a straitjacket on him at that point. Is Guillermo not technically a Renfield? In What We Do in the Shadows? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, again, I don't know where the term for familiars comes from. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it is a Bram Stoker Dracula, or if maybe that was, like, an earlier vampire... Because Dracula is not the first story about vampires. Mm -hmm. But it is the one that had the most like worldwide cultural impact and right. lasting appeal so i don't know if any of the earlier vampire stories had familiars or if like familiars were you know maybe something that was attached to witches that then just like somebody at one point kind of merged the two and it became a vampire thing i don't know where any of that comes from but in a sense with what we do in the shadows show guillermo or any of the familiars on that are sort of a Renfield thing because that's the idea is that right. the vampire is I promise I will turn you into a thing. The only difference is in the shows they're not sort of like hypnotized or bit kind of or sort of on. like turned in any sort of way. They're just mostly like um I promise one day I'll do this and the yeah. people out of their own free will or own accord are doing the bidding in hopes right. to get that whereas Renfield is basically being, like, manipulated and controlled, uh, and his mind is, like, broken and stuff. That makes sense. Into the thing, so. That makes sense. Good explanation. Something, something along those lines, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we go back to Jonathan, and this is the scene I mentioned really early on, in that Jonathan's shaving his face with a yeah. straight razor, which I still, to this day want to have a straight razor oh my god um i made i made a very specific note at this scene i said old timey shaving scares me like who just rubs a blade on their throat in their adam's apple <laughs> <laughs> i want a straight razor i've wanted oh. a straight and this is this is gonna sound even crazier but ever since i first watched the sweeney todd play mm, the musical no. I've wanted a straight razor. Not to, like, slice people's throats or my own throat. I just think... It, I First off, I like the way that they look. They look I like cool. that they're kind of, like, switch blades with the little, like... They got the little, like, tail that comes yeah. off of them. I like the way that they look. They do look cool. But also, I just think, like, outside of using just, a, a like, a bowie knife or something to shave your face, that's got to be, like, the manliest way to shave your face that there is. If I had... Just with a straight-up blade right against the skin. If I had government secrets, all you would have to do was put me in a barber shop and maybe, like, a millisecond into watching an old man get an old-timey shave up his throat, <laughs> I would tell you anything you wanted to know. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Jonathan's shaving, and he cuts himself shaving... And out of nowhere, Dracula just appears and is like, oh, my boy, you must be careful. Mm -hmm. Oh, and as Jonathan looks away, he <laughs> licks up that blood real quick. Oh. Lovely. Um, we also see he, this is the first time we see that he has no reflection. 
Right. And the mirror that Jonathan was using shatters. Uh, Jonathan doesn't ask any sort of questions about it. And it's just like, oh, well, that was weird. The mirror just broke on its own. Um, and Dracula warns him kind of at this point. Well, Jonathan kind of sticks up for himself a little bit here. He does kind of snap back at Dracula at one point. Mm -hmm. But again, it doesn't feel like enough. Like, dude, do you... I get it. It's 1897 or whatever. Your, you know, movies are just coming out and you haven't seen a horror movie yet, but come on. This is, as you would put it, things are kind of fucky. Get out of there. Yeah, things are, things are a little fucky. It's a little bizarre. It's a little weird. It's Um, kind of like the equivalent of, like, when a a kitten, like, hisses and spits at you. Like, they're trying to be really tough, but they're still, you know, just, no. Yeah. Small and little. Uh, So Dracula basically warns him, like, hey, man, it'd be real cool if you don't go to the old part of the castle. And he comes up with, like, uh, you know, I don't go there since my wife died, bad memories, just so just, you know, don't don't wander over there. And Keanu's like, okay, okay, sure. Yeah, um, I won't go there. And as he's doing that, we do see, he sees the cross on his neck, mm-hmm. and Dracula's like... Pfft. Oh, crosses. That's a bad sign for my family. Don't like that. Um, We also hear some wolves and stuff outside howling. And and Jonathan's like, God, they're so annoying. Is it always like this? And this is where we get the classic line of Dracula going, The children of the night. What sweet music they make. I would love to listen to wolves. I'm just giving horrible impressions. I don't know what that one was. (laughs) I almost felt like I was doing, like, a Godfather thing. I'm making my nose You, you, you do refuse. keep leaning into Italian a little bit. I don't know why. <laughs> what do Romanian people sound like? I... <laughs> blah, blah, I want to suck your blood, blah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just that. that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jonathan doesn't seem to like the music. He doesn't yeah. like the wolves howling or anything. I think you'd like it too much. You'd want to, like, go see these wolves. Oh, one million percent. You don't think I wouldn't come home one night with, like, a wolf puppy? No, because you'd be dead before you could pick it up. Nah. They know I have good intentions. Um, so Jonathan, like, the good idiot he is, does not listen to Dracula and decides, yep. I'm going to go explore this castle. And while he's exploring the castle at night, he finds this room with like just a treasure chest in it for some reason and he opens it and there's a bunch of just random gold treasure all over the place uh and he's like wow this is weird and then he opens up like this bottle of something almost it almost seems like a perfume or maybe like a wine or something and the liquid inside drips upwards Mm -hmm. and he just kind of like watches it do that and he's like Oh, that's weird. And puts puts it back. Oh, how funny. Um, we then hear somebody calling for him. They're like, Jonathan, come here, Jonathan. Like sirens. Yeah. And he, he gets lured into, like, this bedroom. He sits down on this bed. And as he's sitting on this bed, up from between his legs comes this topless woman. Yeah, she naked. <laughs> and then another one 
the reverse of what happened to Johnny Depp in the Nightmare on Elm Street happens. She appears out of the bed. Out of the bed. And then another one comes up on his other side out of nowhere. He's now just in bed with two women on his sides, one woman between his legs, all of them basically naked. And somehow one of them melts the cross that he's wearing. Yes. Not sure how she did that, but she just melts the cross that he's wearing. And then they all start getting, like, rubbing on him and getting him, you know, like... Hot and bothered. I've got a fiancé, but I've never been with three at once before. (laughs) And then they start to bite him. Yes. uh, And start to drink some of his blood. And then Dracula shows up and scares him away. He kind of... He's like... um, I want to say there's some movie where something similar happens. Like, people are attacking somebody and then someone comes up and is like get out of here and like scares them away i don't know it just it, i can't think of what it reminded it me of like going outside and shooing away a bunch of raccoons at like a garbage can yeah that sounds about right <laughs> get out of here um as Dra- dracula doesn't like shoo them away as much as they uh sort of grovel at his feet mm-hmm. and jonathan's just sort of watching this dracula turns around and then turns back and he has an, a baby in his hands yes and he gives the baby to the women to yeah. eat. <laughs> he did do that. Uh, which, again, Jonathan doesn't say or really react at all to this happening. Um, we then get him narrating like a letter that he's writing. He's talking about he's seen a lot of these gypsies that Dracula has loading earth into boxes. So just shoveling dirt into these boxes that he's having shipped over to London. And he does find, I don't think this is very clear, but I think it's supposed to be indicating that he finds Dracula inside of one of these boxes, or it's just showing us that Dracula is going into one of these boxes, because there's a moment where Dracula in a, like, mostly golden-looking nightgown Mm -hmm. pops up in front of you. It's like a jump-scare sort of thing. I don't think it's very clear if it's Jonathan finding him in the box or if it's just telling us that Dracula's shipping himself through these boxes. What do we know about gypsies? They steal your underwear. They steal your clothes and your water heaters. I know. Um, so we cut back to London We find out Lucy's getting married. She has decided on one of the three. Personally, she made the wrong choice. But she has picked. She's going to marry Arthur. uh, Probably the safest bet. Carrie Elwes. Why not? Um, We see Dracula's eyes again while all of this is happening. Because a storm cart starts raining down on Mm -hmm. them. We see his eyes in the sky again. Then we get the good part. And this is where it ties back to the movie we're, we're seeing this week, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Mm-hmm. Because we get a captain's log from the Demeter. We don't get to see what happens on the Demeter. Right. And from my understanding of the book, from what people have told me, this is a very small portion of the book. It's The ship is transporting all of Dracula's stuff to London. Right. And during the travels... Dracula gets out of his box because he gets the munchies and he eats and kills the people on the ship. In this movie, in the book, in the 1930s movie, it's very brief 
what happens. We hear that captain's log, star date, 19, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Not actually star date, that's Star Trek. That was a joke. You didn't laugh, so I had, <laughs> I had to explain it. <laughs> um, yeah. Star Trek <laughs> jokes go over my head. So we see the ship in, like, rough seas, mm-hmm. and then we get to see on one of the sails, like, blood splatter. Mm-hmm. We don't see much more. The 1930s movie gives us a little bit more. We see that when the ship gets into port, there's a dead man tied to the oh. helm to, like, steer the ship. And when the ship reaches port, we see a, 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 a dog or a wolf jump off of the ship and run away. I'm, that's very disappointing to me because the very, the very, very first time we saw a promo for this movie, I was like, I have no idea what this is about, but it said that it was, you know, based from a book. I was like, ooh, maybe I can sneak and get the book and read all about it before the movie comes out. And then to find out that it's not covered a lot is was a bummer. Well, not to spoil this new movie, but... Of course, they could always change it. They can tweak things, whatever. Because, again, yeah. the the portion of this movie, or even the original book that the Demeter takes part in, mm-hmm. there's very little actual information other than the captain being like, hey, we're shipping these things from this place to this place. And then we're six days into the thing. Things are getting weird. The crew thinks there's something on the ship. Holy shit, there's something on the ship. And then we know through, like, a newspaper that the ship arrived and people were dead. So we don't know what happens other than, like, Dracula kills the people on the ship. Right. With the new movie, they could go any number of ways with this. Like, some of these people could, maybe everybody does die. Maybe someone or some of the people actually escaped the ship in some way. Who the fuck knows? We, we will find out soon enough. We will find out. As long as all the people die, I'm okay. And the dog lives, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, once we're here, we get, like, this POV shot, which I assume is supposed to be Dracula in, like, his wolf form, kind of roaming the streets to try and find Mina. Instead, he calls out to Lucy. And Lucy, in the middle of the night, in this, like, red nightgowny thing Negligee. is walking through this yard uh, almost like a maze sort of thing with like fountains and stuff rich people shit and Lu- Mina chases after her and when Mina finds Lucy she's being assaulted by <laughs> by wolfman <laughs> Wolfman Dracula. I think he's supposed to be, like, a wolf, but he definitely looks like a, a Dude. very hairy man. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely, like, a wolf hybrid it's sort of thing. It's almost like he was trying to become a wolf, and then he got stopped. He got stopped, like, midway. Um, so Dracula is, like, just viciously attacking Mina, or Lucy. When he sees Mina, he just goes... You don't see me! And then, like, bright shines things and disappears. Um, it's hard to tell if Mina forgets that she saw him um, or just doesn't really care and cares more about Lucy. But she runs up to Lucy to make sure that she's okay. She is still alive, so that's good. Um, we then get to see that Dracula is now younger. Mm-hmm. 
He looks basically like normal Gary Oldman, but he's got a mustache and a little soul patch thing going on and long flowing locks. And he's dressed up in his best gentleman clothing with a little top hat and a cane. I don't like Does he have glasses? I think he's got like sunglasses on. He does, because he like lowers them to look at it. Uh, he does that thing of like looking through his, his eyebrows. Eyebrows? Yeah. Sexy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we find out here that he can move around during the day, but it, it does weaken him. So he's not like at his full power, but he can move around it during the day. Um, we see that Dracula's kind of stalking Mina during the daytime. He's kind of watching her in the streets. And then he gets bold enough to introduce himself to her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ah, young lady, I'm new to town. My name is Vlad. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. And she goes, I don't give a shit. Bye. Yeah. She, probably the greatest thing she does in this movie is just like, cool. I don't care. See ya. No thanks. Hard pass. Whatever you're selling. I'm not buying. Um... We then go back and we see that the doctor shows up at Lucy's house per her fiancé Arthur's request because he's worried about her. Um, She confides into him that she's been hearing and seeing things. uh, And he's kind of like, oh, okay, well, we need to start doing some tests to figure out what's happening. She kisses him. Very naughty because you have a fiancé. Um... But this is also still Lucy being Lucy as we know her, being very f- frisky. Frisky, inquisitive. Um, I don't know. Just very eccentric. Uh, the fiancé, Arthur, kind of comes back and is told by Seward that he's not sure what's happening, but he's going to call somebody who he trusts would know more than him which is his old teacher, or his mentor, Dr. Van Helsing. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. We cut back to Dracula. He starts to get a little bit handsy with Mina, um, who basically they kind of made up in the street. Um, He asked her where local theater is so he can see these moving pictures people are talking about. Oh, yeah, the pictures. And it's funny in the background the the picture that they're showing and I didn't I forgot to look this up because um, I don't know the exact year that this was happening, but I'm almost confident that they're watching the train pull into the station, which is one of the first big film things that were shown to audiences. And hmm. it, it might not be the exact one, but it's definitely a train coming towards the camera. Basically, what happened is. Um, I forget who did it. I want to say it was Brothers or something, but they set a camera up on the platform of a train station and filmed the train coming into the station. And when they uh, premiered this or showed it for theater goers, because they'd never uh... seen something like this before, the only the only moving pictures you would have seen at this time was mostly people, like, sitting in chairs or right. dancing or, like, silly sort of stuff to just, like, show movement. This was a train coming straight at you. And people thought there was actually a train coming right at them. That is so funny. And caused some, like, little bit of, like, hysteria of, like, oh, shit, we're about to get hit by a train. Fuck. 
So basically, like the same sort of audience that when the radio station was playing uh, War of the, War of the Worlds, Worlds bought into it, yeah, and and they all thought it was actually real. That's that's yeah. funny. Um, during they're not really watching this; it's kind of playing in the background while they're while they're talking. That's why I'm saying I, I can't a hundred percent tell what it is. It also looks like it's in a negative, like because the train looks white and everything else kind of looks black, which would sort of be kind of the opposite of how the actual film sh- should have looked. So, again, I don't really know what they're actually playing in the background. That's just what it reminds me of is the train coming into the station. That's funny. Uh, Dracula kind of starts touching Mina a little bit, and he's like... And she looks at him and is like, I, do, I, do I know you, mister? Do I know you? Um, and he can't bring himself to bite her. He's, he's like, ready to do it, but he can't do it. Um, and then Mina tries to run away from him. And as she's going, there's, like, a wolf. We've heard that there's a wolf on the loose from the zoo. And the wolf just happened to have shown up here. And Mina's like, oh, shit. And then Dracula's like, come here, my child. And makes friends with the wolf. Uh, And Mina is instantly smitten. She's like, wow. Jonathan would have never done something like that. I love love animals. That, come on, that would work on you. That would if, if some person, if there was like a bear rampaging in a street, and then somebody came up, it's like easy there, easy there, Winnie the Pooh, and, and all of a sudden it was friendly, and you were like, "Wow, yeah, wow. actually that would work on me." Wow, yeah. Um, so it does seem like she's kind of trusting him a little bit more. He does take her home, and he does the whole thing of like kissing her hand, mm-hmm. uh, just trying to, you know, this is way before uh, X formerly known as twitter so he can't exactly slide into the dms no you gotta do it on a personal level yeah you gotta do it on a personal level <laughs> we then get get our first sight of van helsing we're a good like maybe hour into this movie at this point uh maybe a little bit less than an hour but we're getting close to the halfway point at least and helsing is giving a lecture about vampire bats so mm-hmm. he's talking about like they need to drink more blood than their body weight to survive, blah, blah, blah. Uh, kind of foreshadowing that he definitely has expertise in, like, animal biting, mm-hmm. blood loss sort of stuff. It's kind of hinting at his, his knowledge that will be useful. Uh, he gets a letter, uh, and he reads the letter and goes, Sorry, gentlemen, this is urgent. Mm-hmm. Peace out. Gotta go. I'm going to London. Um, also, bats are so cute. <laughs> I am sure. 100% on bat t- TikTok. I follow I follow a couple different accounts of like bat rescues. And bat rescues. I just yeah. watch. I like to watch bats. They're so cute. I freaking love bats. I freaking love bats. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back and we get to see John again for the first time. Uh, so he was left in Transylvania, chained up to a bed where the vampire women just, as he puts it, slowly drain his life from him, but not so much that they kill him. Enough to just keep him alive, but also to quench their thirst. Mm -hmm. Basically like an eternal torment sort of thing. Right. He does say that he thinks the only way out of here is basically jumping into a river, Mm -hmm. and that he's going to try and escape that night. Uh, Dracula visits Lucy again that night. Uh, and calls to her more. Um, enticing her. Enticing her. Uh, 
some of our men hear Lucy being uh, crazy and like moaning and shit, and they run in to find her just wiggling all over the bed and and I would say I would describe it as writhing around. Writhing, yeah, that's a good word. She's just kind of writhing around like a possessed person. Yeah, and we do see that she has bite marks on her neck. Uh, and Van Helsing, who sees this, says, uh, okay, well, we got to do a blood transfusion, so, Arthur, get in here, do a blood transfusion, she's your fiancé, hook that shit up, mm-hmm. no care for blood types or anything, just shove that shit in, if it works, it works, if it doesn't, it doesn't, oh well. This is back in the day when they thought if you had ghosts in your blood, you should take cocaine. <laughs> yeah the ghosts in your blood um there's comments after this that they put two people's blood into her which was uh i believe quincy and arthur's blood is what they used and helsing confronts the three men about what's happening to her and he agrees that something might have bit her and flew away they're just like what could have done that there was no blood on the sheets or anything he's like you're right something might have drank her blood and left who knows and they're like okay come on Helsing, you're crazy and then he does a little like magician act on him mm-hmm. for whatever reason they're sitting on like a little bench and van helsing just appears behind this like tall grass and he's like you're right boys something bitter and escaped and they're like you're a crazy old man and when they look away and look back he's gone and they're like <laughs> they're like Helsing, where'd you go and then he reappears like 20 feet away behind a like a a, like a tomb or something and is like smoking like i'm over here boys see how easy it is to just escape when you're not looking and it's like are you telling them that a a magician did this to him like what was the point of that like you didn't turn into a bat or mist or whatever they just turned around and you like (laughs) just ran real fast and crouched down it, it's just a weird way to try and get your point across yeah. is all I'm saying. It's very, it's very fun to think about. Um, we get to see Lucy again and she looks absolutely awful now. She's definitely bedridden. Uh, Mina... Emaciated a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Mina shares that Harker's safe. He has uh, basically escaped his prison. He jumped into this river. The river flowed him downstream. He got out of the river, just happened to be at a convent where all the nuns were like, Oh, a man, bring him in. And they and then he was oh. like he was like, Write my wife a letter in London. Hopefully in all these months she's not moved or anything. And so she's like, Lucy, you'll never guess. Jonathan is fine. He's at a covent. He wants me to go see him. We're gonna get married in another country. And Lucy's just like, Okay. Cool. I'm dying, but thanks. Yeah, sure. It's only been, you know, however long. Yeah. Um, Also at this point, Van Helsing or somebody brings in, like, a a necklace of garlic, and Lucy's like, get that shit away from me, fucking garlic. Um, She then tries to lure, uh, I think it might be Arthur. She's trying to bring him in. And she goes to try and bite him, and Van Helsing and everybody stops it from happening, mm-hmm. and they kind of hold her down. Um, things are getting a bit crazy now. Yeah. While they're holding her down, they notice her fangs are starting to come in, and Helsing realizes that, and he goes, <gasps> Nosferatu! Dun dun dun! Bam bam bam! Yeah. 
We then cut to him opening a book titled Vampire. 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 He opens it up, and this is... This is an additive from just sort of the lure and stuff about people being like, Vlad the Impalers, who's this based off of? Because the book straight up just shows us Vlad the Impaler, Mm -hmm. like a, a sketch of Vlad the Impaler to be like, Oh, yeah, Dracul. Oh, that guy. It was him. Yeah. Um, So it's a story about Dracula. Uh, Dracula in London is waiting for a hot date with Mina. Mm -hmm. However, she writes him a letter to say, Sorry, dude. Turns out my husband's alive, and I'm going to see him, and we're going to get married. So while I appreciated our time at the movies and that you let me pet a wolf. Thanks, but no thanks. I got to go. See ya. Bye. Uh, she she puts him on red. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. Leave him on red? She left him on red. Yeah. She ghosted him. He cries, but his tears are, like, purple. <laughs> or, yeah. Or, like, I don't understand that. Is it supposed to be, like, blood or or whatever? It's, whatever. it's weird. There was an instance at 1.2 earlier where, where Mina cries, and he grabs her tears and turns them into, like, diamonds or crystals or something. Never brought up again. Uh, I don't know if that's, like, just something Dracula can do. Like, is that how he's rich? He just makes little kids cry and turns that shit to diamonds and sells it? Yes. Ooga booga. Ah! Thanks, kid. <laughs> Thanks, kid. I'm out of here. It's like a little slot machine. Um, I did say at this point Dracula ugly cries because this is the scene where he's, like, he's, like, half vampiric and he's just super ugly just bawling his eyes out this is the definition anytime somebody's like oh ugly cry it should be an image of this This (laughs) because he's he's half in his like bat face looking self just crying very off-putting um helsing is like so excited about finding out that this is Dracula that he's after. He's like, fuck yeah, I've been looking forward to this my entire life. Let's let's do it. Um, which is so funny that he's that excited about it. He then sets up to have Lucy be watched over. Because he thinks Dracula is going to come back for Lucy. So he says, look, Arthur, you stay in the room with Lucy. Have a pistol, garter, whatever. Arthur's like, cool, I can do that. I'll have a pistol, I'll have a whiskey, I'll protect her. Doesn't work out, he falls asleep after having, like, half a sh- half that's, a cup of whiskey. That's what happens. He's a lightweight. Uh, our hero, Quincy, is told to stand guard like a good Texas boy. He's got his uh, rifle, and he's got a cowboy hat on, and he's got, like, a... Not quite a duster, but he's got a nice jacket on. And he's kind of walking the premises, mm-hmm. looking around, trying to scope things out. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's all kind of for naught, um, because Dracula still calls for Lucy, um, and just kind of, he does kill a random guy, he just kills some random dude, um, and, you know, they weren't able to stop him, basically. We cut, and we see that Mina has made it to John, um, they do get married in this little church thing by, a, by the sisters, um, and Dracula, when he finally gets to Lucy, he curses her with the need for living blood. He's like, look, if I can't have Mina, I'm gonna ruin everybody else's fucking day. You, 
You're gonna be immortal. You're gonna need blood to survive. You're now cursed with what I got. Petty. Very petty. Petty, petty. Uh, he then attacks her as a wolf after doing that, which I guess maybe just, like, finalizes the thing. Like, he fully kills her so that she can rise again as a, a vampire, I think is the point. Uh, we cut to, the, like, the next day. Lucy is in a casket. She's just full-on dead. They've got her in a little see-through casket, which is kind of weird to me. And she's in this, like completely white like wedding dress kind of thing also seems kind of weird to me um all the men around her are sad obviously because they're like god i missed out on my chance so close um the funny part is helsing doesn't seem to give a shit about it because as they leave helsing's like all right boys look we're gonna have to cut her head off and take out her heart and they're just like bro she just died (laughs) They said, do what in the huh? <laughs> um, once we're back in London, John and Mina have arrived back. And then while they're in a carriage, John just happens to look out a window. And who does he see but a young Dracula. And he goes, there he is, but he looks young. Whoa. Wow. That was my Keanu Reeves impression. It was good. It was okay. He was all right. They're terrible. I'm not good at impressions. Uh, so Van Helsing takes all the boys down to Lucy's casket that night, telling them that she's undead now, and they're like, I don't know if I believe you. This is Seward, Quincy, and Arthur that he's taken with him. Um, that is, so this is like the little posse now. I love this. I love that they're just, it's like, here's one thing that I like about this, that maybe modern adaptations or things kind of like, tweak or change or or kind of remove completely to some degree is it's not like when you think dracula and van helsing you're thinking dracula van helsing kind of one-on-one mano a mano Mm -hmm. the van helsing with hugh jackman kind of that situation like van helsing the vampire hunter like he's going out killing these people on his own dracula is his ultimate nemesis that kind of thing um but it's not it's like it's quite literally a posse of guys who van helsing has like coerced into like look you guys brought me into this yeah. now i'm bringing you into this like we're a, gonna we gotta kill this it's dude. like a ragtag group yeah which i like and they're all while they're not exactly the most fleshed out or deep characters they're at least unique and different enough although to be honest seward's kind of a uh van helsing light he's a mm-hmm. doctor his you know whatever arthur's just like a nobody he was the fiance quincy's the hero he's the texas boy for sure that's all that matters yeah uh so they get down there and he's like look open up the casket we'll we'll see if she's there maybe i'm wrong they open the casket no lucy she's gone as they're looking at it they start hearing some sounds and stuff coming from the entrance to the crypt and they all hide off into the corner Mm -hmm. and coming down the stairs in her like bridal dress uh, burial gown whatever is Lucy, but she's holding an infant. Mm-hmm. She's gone out on the town and stolen somebody's baby. Yep. She just got a baby. Um, and this is probably one of my, like, the funniest parts of the movie is <laughs> she's going to her casket, like, she's going to get back in the casket and have a midnight snack on this baby. And Van Helsing jumps out and he's like, they're like, Lucy! 
and she just turns around and just drops the baby on the ground. Yes! I made she a just, note of that. She just straight up drops the baby. She just drops that thing like it's a fucking hot potato. Yeah. Uh, she then tries to seduce Arthur. She's like, oh, my sweet, my love, Arthur. Uh, and Vel- Van Helsing uses a cross. This is the first time we're seeing a cross mm-hmm. used to, like, repel the vampires. He uses it to back her back into her coffin. Um, she vomits blood onto him, which is a great sort of visual. That was gross. Uh, and then Arthur stakes her in the heart. And Van Helsing cuts off her head. Yep. Uh, and seemingly she's dead. She's dead at that point. Um, we cut to a dinner where uh, Harker's there and Harker tells Helsing uh, where Dracula lives at Carfax Abbey. He's like, look, I helped him get that place so I know where he's at so we could go and get him. He's at Carfax Abbey. And Van Helsing's like, fuck yeah, boys, we ride. We ride at dawn. <laughs> we ride. And this time, both Jonathan and Mina are in tow with him. Uh, coincidentally enough, I suppose, or maybe this was on purpose, uh, we don't really know if Dracula is like, is anything located close to the insane asylum? Because mm-hmm. I, I love to hear, like, crazy people screaming at night. So if I could find something close, that'd be great. Because Carfax Abbey, or wherever they go, happens to be right next door to where Renfield's being held. Because Dang. we see Renfield watching everybody go towards that place, and he's yelling, Master, they're coming! Master! He's trying to warn him. Um... And we see at this point, Van Helsing goes, all right, Quincy, Arthur, John, you're with me. We're going in there. We're destroying Dracula's stuff. We're burning all of his boxes and whatnot. Seward, you take Mina. Somewhere safe. So Seward goes, all right, Mina, let's go to the insane asylum. I'm going to put you in my office. You'll be safe here. Nobody will get to you. Don't mind the crazies. It's fine. Hell no. Uh, Mina does speak with Renfield here because Renfield's saying some shit. He's just like, ah, my master has come for you. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Who cares? Um, we go back to the boys. They're destroying all the boxes with the soil in them. They're burning them. I don't understand this part. Uh, and perhaps I just don't know this, but, like, does soil burn? I don't... Like, when there's a forest fire, like... Ground like is still dry. there, but I guess maybe some of the if top like, layer burns? Yeah, if it's, like, super dry, I would assume that the top layer would burn, but not if it... But don't you also use that to, like, smother fires, too? Like, if you have a fire pit, you might, like, shovel some dirt or ground onto it. And I wonder if maybe that could be, like, a moisture level or something to the soil. I don't you know. know. I'm so used to living in Texas where nothing means nothing, so I have no <laughs> idea. I don't know either, but that is their, their thing. Is like, we're going to break these boxes open and we're going to burn it. When we look up onto the ceiling, Dracula is in full, like, man-bat mode, just right. resting up there. He sees it. He decides, I ain't going to fight four people. I'm just turn into mist, green mist. Yeah. And he flies his way into Renfield's cell and basically just kills Renfield. He's like, Renfield, you asshole, you betrayed me. And, like, kills him. And, like, what did Renfield do? You left him locked in prison. You could have probably broke him out. And then he could have been helpful. 
You're very unfortunate. Like, also, he didn't want that smoke. Yeah. Uh, Dracula also, at this point, goes to see Mina. And as he's trying to, like, seduce her or, or get him, get her to love him, she actually does buy into it and is like, hey, I love you. Um, so while they're finishing up burning his boxes, um, Mina is buying into everything that Dracula's kind of selling to her. Right. And she does say she loves him, and he does bite her at this point. Right. And then she it goes to, like, drink his blood, and he turns her down for a moment because he's like, wait, maybe I don't actually want to turn you into mm-hmm. a vampire. Um, but she says, take me away from all this death. Just seems to be enough for him to be like, okay, yeah, okay. all right. Yeah. But at that moment, all the boys run in and fight off the full vampire version of Dracula. And he gets backed into a corner. And Van Helsing's like, the light, the light, get him with the light. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's too late. He fades into the shadows. And by time somebody, whichever one of it is, puts like the candlelight up to him, he turns into a bunch of rats <laughs> and escapes. Yes. Yeah. Just a, just a crap ton of rats. Which you said you'd be okay with. And I can't imagine anybody in the world would be okay with seeing, like, a vampire-y dude back into a corner. And then when somebody puts lights on him, all of a sudden it's, like, a hundred rats. But rats are so cute! Yeah, but if a hundred just appeared where a person used to be? I'd like them better than the person. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Alright. They're so cute and fuzzy. Um... We hear that Mina and Dracula now have this weird, strong mental connection. Uh, Van Helsing kind of determines that that must... Maybe that's the case. And they decide, okay, well, we can't just let Dracula go. We have to do something. And especially to save Mina, we probably have to kill him and it might sever the connection and all that'll be good. So they decide to chase after him. And they all hop aboard a train to try and beat him back to his castle, to try and, like, cut him off. But they realize during this that Mina is also, like, dying on their way on the train. Like, she's slowly dying, sort of similar to what happened to Lucy. Yeah, she's, like, kind of fading away. And they also realize at this point that Dracula is reading her mind, so he knows where they're going because he has... He altered the path he was taking to try and get there faster. And they realize that he's, he can tell where they're going. So they devise a plan to kind of trick him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to split up. Van Helsing is going to more or less stay the course mm-hmm. with Mina so that Dracula thinks that they're still going the same way. Right. But the boys, the rest of them, the other four, are going to get on horseback and try and cut off the gypsy caravan that is carrying Dracula and kill him before he can get back to his castle. Seems like a logical plan. Actually, quite smart um, to do. It is pretty smart. It's good that they were kind of thinking a, a little bit two steps ahead. Yeah. You know, in a way. So... Mina and Helsing head straight towards the castle. And while they're going, they kind of set up a camp one night. And they must be getting relatively close to the castle because that night 
the female vampires come back and they also control Mina in some way to where she tries to like seduce Helsing Mm -hmm. and to try and like kill him and he sort of realizes this and kind of fights her off. He puts a, a like a holy wafer on her forehead, which yeah. kind of burns a little circular half moon shape into her forehead. Yeah. Um, Did you know that you can order those on Amazon? Religious wafers? Yeah. Like you can just like in bulk just buy them and just eat them as crackers. Do they taste like anything? I have no idea. Oh, I don't know either. <laughs> I assume that they probably don't, but also don't so. don't the only like people the only people probably doing that are Catholic yeah. churches. Yeah, I'm assuming. So, um, so he stops her and she kind of snaps out of it, and then he, I don't know how exactly he does this, but because it's like snowing, but he puts a circle of fire around them to be like, stay out of here, witches mm-hmm. or evil vampire witches whatever you are Vampiric um so like the fire is gonna keep them away and he's like shouting at them to kind of go away um but instead the women are just like fine if we can't get to you we're just gonna kill your horse <laughs> so they go and they attack the horse you just kind of see the shadows and helsing's like fuck that's what the fuck yeah that was really mean the greatest part of all of this is i guess them eating and killing the horse gave them a food coma because they must have just dozed off or stopped caring enough that Van Helsing uh, early in the morning sneaks off Mina's asleep he sneaks off and he decapitates all three of the vampire women and throws their heads over a ravine <laughs> I think they they just kind of went into like the equivalent of like a girls night out and then they ended it with like a shit ton of Taco Bell and they just slept through everything. Slept through getting their heads cut off. Yep. Van Helsing ha- now has killed... You know, if we if we consider cutting off the head the final straw, he's killed four vampires, mm-hmm. all of which were women. <laughs> so, you know, t- take that as whatever you want that to maybe mean. <laughs> um, Mina kind of wakes up at this point um and is uh sorry i'm kind of lost in my notes here (laughs) after he cuts off their heads while they're all asleep we cut back to the boys the posse Mm -hmm. and they've caught up to the gypsies and they start shooting and kind of killing the gypsies one at a time um not like the coolest action scene or anything it's kind of a little bit of a mess but they don't completely stop the little caravan they do sort of eventually but it's not probably as clean or smoothly as quickly as they were hoping they needed more texans they only had one they they only had the one unfortunately unfortunately um mina while dracula's caravan's being attacked he kind of hypnotizes mina and she wakes up, and she just starts speaking in tongues mm-hmm. and casts, like, a spell, which brings up that weird blue circular fire gate thing again. Yes. Uh, again, don't really know what the fuck that's even supposed to be, so it kind of feels pointless. Uh, it, it just it happens. Um, we also see that it seems to make the sun go down faster. 
it's not clear if it's like the sun is going down faster or if it's making clouds move in front of the sun. Mm. Um, one or the other is what is happening. It's not exactly clear, but no, basically clear. Dracula's trying to get rid of the sun so he can be at full power mm-hmm. instead of what they're hoping is the sun's still out so he's weaker. Right. Um, once they've kind of stopped the carriage, um, there's a little bit more of a fight. Unfortunately, our boy Quincy gets stabbed in the back during the struggle, but he does manage to kill the person who stabbed him in the back. So he's he's still alive, but wounded. Dracula pops out of the box he's in and is ready to attack, and he gets his throat slit. I'm not 100% sure who slits his throat. It's either Jonathan or Seward. I do not think that it's Arthur, and it's definitely not Quincy. I have no idea. Um, who it was. One of them goes up in the box, and again, I'm just not... I'd have to rewatch it. I'm just not 100% sure. It's one of those two. Mm-hmm. But Dracula comes out, and he's like, all right, let's fight. And he instantly gets his throat slashed. Yeah. And while he's like, oh, fuck, Quincy, the hero we deserve, comes in and stabs him in the heart. Yeah. Um, and Dracula being wounded mina comes up still kind of like in her love hypnotism part Mm -hmm. and runs away with dracula and jonathan stops anybody from pursuing them and they turn back and our our beloved hero quincy has died from his wound of being stabbed in the back but he did what he needed He, he mortally wounded dracula yeah he did what he was setting out to do, I'd say, more or less. Mm-hmm. We then get to see Mina and Dracula are at the cathedral or little church hall thing, which is where Dracula turned into Dracula all those years ago. We see the same cross. It's still got the little crack from where he originally stabbed it. Mm-hmm. Um, Mina kisses him while he's dying, uh, and Dracula reverts back to his human-looking form, uh, basically, this, it's kind of weird, but Mina at this point says that their love is stronger than death, mm-hmm. and some light sort of, like, shines on his face. I think this is sort of maybe his soul coming back to, like, rest, or something, like, coming to peace or something, yeah. almost like crossing over, like you'd say, with, like, a ghost or something. He's reverting back to his the last time he was human, basically, mm-hmm. as the cross itself heals, sort of indicating that maybe he's been redeemed, sort of, or, or I guess in this case, like, he's dying, so it's, like, balance is being restored, or, right. or however you might want to look at that. Um, but while she's doing that, his hypnosis or control of her over her has also sort of broke, and she pushes the sword in more to deal the final blow itself. So, unfortunately, she has technically stolen the kill from our our hero, Mm -hmm. Quincy, but I'm still going to chalk that one for... We'll give Quincy half a point for the kill. I think he gets at least some sort of point for that. Uh, Dracula dies, releasing her from his spell as as he dies. Um, She kisses him one last time while he's, like, dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean... I guess, whatever. Uh, And then she pulls the blade out of him uh, 
from his body and cuts off of his cuts off his head. Yeah, just to absolutely make sure. Just to double check. And that is the end of the film. And that's it. This movie runs a little over two hours, and I actually really enjoyed it quite a bit. It is kind of cheesy, and there's definitely things in there that are very sort of hokey and stuff, like the eyeballs in the sky a few times are kind of yeah. kind of hokey and whatever. Um, there are a few shots that feel weird, almost like things are kind of superimposed, but it's mm-hmm. just like, it's a weird, like, forced perspective kind of angle that they're doing that's kind of weird. And then... Uh, some of the side characters, like Seward, Arthur, and Quincy, are pretty one-note, kind of flat characters. And Keanu Reeves' accent is wild uh, in this movie. He did his best. But overall, I really enjoy this movie. I think um, I would put it on... Par- Again, I've only really seen the two movies, mm-hmm. but I put it on equal standing with the Bella Lugosi one, I think. I enjoyed both of those movies. I think both are, while they are quite similar to each other, also have enough differences between them that you could watch both of them and still enjoy the movies. Yeah. Um, but I had a lot of fun with this this one. Um, I think it was. I think it was really good. And we, like we watched it, um, and I, th- I think we started to watch it at one point, kind of late in the evening, and I like fell asleep towards the end. And then I decided to, like, rewatch it again. Yeah. And I think I got better perspective on my second watch with it. But, yeah, there there are some parts that are very hokey, but there are other parts that also feel so nostalgic and perfect. Yeah. And I took down this note. I don't remember at what point. It had to have been towards the end of the movie that um, someone was ordering a drink of absinthe. Yeah, they drink absinthe. They drink absinthe. Oh, and there's... someone said... I know why. Someone in the movie... Like, I know I've heard of absinthe. Absinthe. It, <laughs> but in the movie, they said that it... Uh, the way that they referred to it, it translated to the absence of being human. So, I think... Now, again, and I've said this a hundred times... Having not read the book, mm-hmm. I don't know if absinthe plays any part in that story. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is they mention in that scene as well that I think the absinthe logo is a green fairy. Yes. And the green fairy is a mythical creature to mm-hmm. do with like Irish mm-hmm. folklore or something. Mm-hmm. So because Bram Stoker is from Ireland growing up, would have known about like green fairies and right. things like that. So. Either that's in the book and it's purposely in the book because he grew up and would know, like, this green fairy sort mm-hmm. of thing and, and could, like, you know, put it in there yeah, as, like, a little nod, nod to his where he's from. Or that's something specifically for this movie that's just sort of a nod to his heritage, heritage. kind of thing. So, I don't I really that. know. It is kind cool. of a strange thing that mm-hmm. it almost feels product placement-y, mm-hmm. but it's either... Either it is a product placement, which would be kind of crazy to be, like, absent, like, put money towards this. That's crazy. It would have been weirder if they were like, ooh, Coca-Cola. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Or it is something that's in the book that's, again, probably just, like, a nod to his home country or the Green Fairy lore stuff. I'd like to think that it's a nod, too. 
So I don't know the answer to that, but it's, it's a tied, tied back to him some yeah. way. Fun fact. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. That was the first time we'd ever seen it, mm-hmm. so it was fun. It, do- it does have me in the mood. I'm very much ready to see the Demeter, because again, I think so for a part that is so minuscule to the Dracula story, I think it's a fun, smart way to flesh out Dracula without just retelling Dracula. Yeah, the you're, same thing. You're fleshing out a part of the story that there's not much to that go off of, so you can, have, you can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. We, we know where it's going to start. We know likely how it is going to end or is supposed to end, but we don't know what actually happens, so yeah. it's going to be just fun to see, like... A different You know, a, a, a more, like, very centrally horror, because while Dracula is horror of like vampires are scary and people die and whatever this is gonna feels almost more like it's gonna be a slasher movie mm-hmm. on a boat where dracula eats the shit out of people right i'm i'm very excited for this i i love the fact that i didn't know anything about the demeter up until this i am glad that we got to watch that little refresher and and got to get you know updated on certain things and investigate certain things i love what the new things that i learned and yeah i'm i am so stoked for this the dog oh, better yeah. live <laughs> yeah we'll see <laughs> um but yeah thanks for listening Thank uh you. wherever you're listening at please leave us a rating a comment all that stuff it definitely helps grow uh all of our stuff share it around if if you'd be so kind, that always helps as well. Um, you can find us all over the place at uh, Chicken on a Stick Podcast or C O A S underscore Podcast. Um, we do we post things on Instagram, Facebook throughout the week, uh, and then on Fridays we usually do a stream where we review a movie that we had seen recently in the theaters. Uh, so you can check us out on Twitch again. Just search Chicken on a Stick Podcast. You'll find us there. Yeah, and if you have any thoughts or ideas or things that you've heard about Dracula that you want to share, put those in any sort of comment section. Or if you also have any um, any ideas for upcoming movies that we should watch, also put those down there. Yeah, so thanks again for looking, uh, listening, looking, looking, listening, (laughs) whatever you're doing. Thanks for looking. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We'll see everybody next time with another episode, which will be a Maggie pick. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, we'll see you then. It'll be a great one. Bye. (laughs) Bye.